Welcome to XNO Quick Hits. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to talk about the Jets' loss to the Packers in overtime at MetLife Stadium, 44-38 with Joe Blewett. He is the host of our YouTube show, Turn on the Jets TV, called TOJ Film Room, along with Marcus Coleman, the former 11-year NFL veteran. So if you want to watch his entire breakdown of the New York Jets film from this game, along with Marcus Coleman, which runs between two and three hours usually, Go ahead and do that. I also recommend listening to it in audio form, but this is kind of like a Cliff Notes version that we do every week. And Joe, first of all, Merry Christmas, my man. Merry Christmas to you, too. Um, it was a great week for, for Jets fans, for most Jets fans, uh, to see the Jets compete. Um, Bulls and the coaching staff to make some terrible decisions, which still is going to lead to their firing, which is good. And for Donald to, to light it up. So it was, a, it was a good week on top of uh, Christmas and all that stuff, but... As you know, you're making fun of me a little bit. Christmas night, I'm already watching Jets film and doing all this stuff. And I woke up today after watching more Jets film. And now I'm doing Le'Veon Bell films. So that's where I'm at my happiest. So <laughs> watching uh, Donald this week was pretty fun. I'll bet it was. And let's start right there. Tell me what you saw from young Sam Donald in this game against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, you, you saw a quarterback who's 21 years old, uh, 24 for 35, 341 Yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, he went toe to toe with Rodgers um, for the most part. Some of the plays he he made um, were just absurd. It was more of the Texans game. I think the Texans game was a little bit better for him uh, overall. Some of the decisions he made, but you saw the eye manipulation. You see the body manipulation on that uh, the touchdown throw to Robbie Anderson, where he made both the zone defenders jump up on the uh, on the bubble route from from Trenton Cannon. Uh, and they ran, I, forget, I, th- I think it was a streak seam or a divide concept uh, with Robbie Anderson. Threw the ball to Robbie Anderson, and he goes in for the easy touchdown. Uh, the, the back shoulder throw to, to Herndon was was just a great decision, uh, where a lot of young quarterbacks are, you know, either in the NFL or even in, or in college, you see them um, throw that ball where the defender has, you know, over-the-top leverage, but it's a deeper route. Uh, I believe it was, a, it was just a Hoss concept. Uh, they were just to throw that ball vertically, uh, as they refer to like hero balls, and just throw the ball up there and expect Herndon to make the play. But he saw that over the top leverage. He saw the outside leverage that Herndon had, or sorry, the the um, over top leverage and the inside leverage that the corner had. So he decided to throw the ball on a line to the to Herndon's back shoulder. Uh, a perfect location on that ball. Herndon obviously hit him in the chest, but he still made uh, a good play to keep the defender you know, away from the ball. So that was a, a fantastic throw. Uh, we saw the mobility in the pocket. We see the eyes staying on the field. We've seen the um, athleticism. We've, we saw the uh, deadly accuracy on the run and even in the pocket with bad mechanics. Um, and the things that he's starting to improve on, you know, at this time of the year are things that he wasn't doing um, in the beginning of the year, which is encouraging, showing that he's growing, like I said, uh, learning how to manipulate with his eyes more. He's not staring down receivers. Uh, using his body more to manipulate, so uh, we saw a lot of that this game, and it was it was a huge positive. Now, the last game, like I said to you before we started recording, the the game against the Texans was unbelievable. Uh, this game was very very good, but I don't think it was on the Texans level. But still, he he's the highest rated quarterback over the last three weeks. So I'm not saying he played bad at all. He's he was still fantastic. Just wasn't as fantastic. Um, there were some throws that I, that I thought he missed a little bit. The, the ball to McGuire where it hit the Packers 
defender in the shins. The ball to Deontay Burnett in the back of the end zone would have been a ridiculous throw, but he still could have made it. Uh, the throw to Chris Herndon where he had to make the, that, that fantastic one-handed grab. Uh, the ball didn't need to be that difficult. There was a couple of times where he tried to throw back shoulder where I thought, where I thought he should have tried to throw, uh, more vertically. Um, that, that, you know, play at the end of the game where there's about three minutes left in the game. Uh, the Jets made a couple of really, um, question, questionable calls on first and second down, but regardless at that point in the game, it was third and 18 with like three minutes or three minutes and a little bit over to go. And Darnold, um, you know, pumped the bubble screen to, uh, Cannon, which I actually think he could have thrown. Um, or maybe it, it, maybe it was in a bubble screen. Maybe it was just a, I think, I think he just, you know, came in motion from the opposite side of the field and it would have been like a screen. Um, but Darnold decided not to throw, which I thought, I think he could have. And then even with that not deciding to throw it, which is, it is what it is, um, he decides to dirt the ball. And that's just, that you can't do that. You can't give Aaron Rodgers more time. Uh, taking 40 seconds away matters a lot. So even if he didn't see a receiver opening, he just, you know, scrambled near the line of scrimmage and slid down. Um, but throwing the ball there, you know, down to the dirt and, and giving Rodgers, like I said, that 40 plus seconds. Uh, is, is not a good thing to do. So he has to improve on some things um, in his game, uh, whether it be, like I said, knowing exactly where to place the ball or even just decisions like that, uh, just to not dirt it. But uh, the progress that we've seen from the, the beginning of the year or even from college to the beginning of the year to now uh, with what he has around him is absurdly encouraging. And it brought a smile on my face to see uh, that tweet that you sent out this this uh, this last <laughs> this last Sunday, where, you know, you said I look like a smart guy because Donald was my number one, and people are seeing why now. Um, I think he's going to continue to grow on this. He's going to get even much better. Um, he's going to get even much better, <clears throat> and then uh, have more talent, better coaching around him. I said it before, and I'm going to stick to it. I think this guy is going to be a top three to five quarterback in the NFL because, like you said before, you're talking about um, you know boxers that you used to watch. There's, you know, the great boxers um, are guys who don't have many weaknesses. And what weaknesses Donald really have? He has the elite athleticism um, in many aspects of his game. He has the arm. Um, he has the smarts. He can manipulate with his body and eyes. Um, he can make crazy throws on the run. He can make throws, you know, while fading backwards in the pocket. He can make throws even with bad mechanics. Um, the smarts that he has. Uh, the vision that he has, the anticipate, you know, the anticipation throws that he has at 21 year old or years old is, like I said, just extremely encouraging. So, um, I'm really, really happy with what I see. I think he's going to go toe to toe with Brady this week again. I think it'll be a close game. Hopefully the Jets lose in the end. Um, but seeing this from a 21 year old kid, uh, it should, it should put a smile, you know, on a bigger on Jets fans faces than any, uh, present they got on Christmas because this is just, it's awesome. Yeah, to be fair, I actually also had Sam Darnold as my number one quarterback. If you recall, Joe, we had multiple conversations about this almost on a daily basis leading up to the draft. I love Baker Mayfield, still do, still think he's going to be special. The main reason I was championing him over anybody else is because I didn't expect Darnold to drop from number one. Every piece of intel I had said he was going first to the Browns, so I put him out of my mind, and I had Mayfield above Rosen and certainly above Allen and anybody else, including Lamar Jackson. But what you're seeing now, it seems to me, Joe, and this is more or less what you were just saying, if you want to compare boxers, the guy that I came up with as a recent 
comparison, at least from an offensive perspective because he was kind of flawed defensively, was Shane Mosley. At his peak, he could do anything. Punches and bunches, combinations, speed, agility, strength, footwork, everything. The guy was incredible to watch. And you're seeing a lot of that with Darnold. Like you said, Joe, really there's nothing he can't do, right? Yeah. um, The only thing I would like to see him, like I said, improve on are some minor things that he's going to work out uh, as a 21-year-old kid. The footwork... I don't know if it's ever going to be flawless, but mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be one little, that's going to be the, probably the biggest thing in his game that's going to hurt him going forward. But there's no quarterback in the NFL ever who hasn't had at least one slight weakness. And I think that's going to be his, where you're going to see, you know, 98 out of 100 balls be fantastic, but then you're going to see that ball with a little bit less velocity or a little bit less accuracy when he does that step in the bucket motion that everybody refers to and that I've showed many times. Um, but it's still, like I said, he's he showing the potential for sure to be that top of three, three to five guy. And I'm not a big guy on stats, but if you are a stats guy, like I said, to be the highest rated quarterback over the last three weeks, he's showing why, um, I'm saying some of the things I'm saying, why I said some of the things I'm saying, and while I'll continue to say some of the things I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, we're, we should both be happy. Jets fans should be happy for sure. And, uh, to the, to the Barkley people, the Giants fans, I've been arguing with some of the people over the Christmas holiday. Like I said, you couldn't be any more wrong. Sam Donald is always the better pick. Yeah, no question. Always take the QB. And that was what some teams probably should have learned from the draft that Aaron Rodgers was picked in where he went 24th. If one of those teams would have wised up and picked him, who knows, they might have themselves a Hall of Fame quarterback. And before we get back to the offense, since we are talking quarterbacks, I did want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers because you did say to me that you thought Darnold's ceiling could be somewhere in that Rodgers level, elite level play. And so Rodgers coming in here for the last time more than likely against the Jets at MetLife Stadium and playing against Sam Darnold, you saw Darnold go toe-to-toe with the master. It was kind of like watching the old champion going up against the young upstart, and the old champion just edges out the young upstart. But you look at it and you know that it's only a matter of time that the young upstart takes over. But with the old champion in this case, Aaron Rodgers, what did you see from him and what did you see from the Jets' defense, especially in the passing game? Because there were a lot of penalties some people complaining about the refs. From what you saw, was it just the refs screwing the Jets, or was it a case of a lot of bad play from the secondary again? Yeah, listen, when you when you have 16 penalties for 172 yards, it's, it's never all the refs. Um, but the refs were terrible this game. Uh, you, and, and you can see, it's, it's very clear in the NFL that there's the bias. When you play either really – high-level teams like the Packers or the Bears or the Patriots, like really recognized teams or the Cowboys, um, or even just big-time quarterbacks, they're, they're going to give you some some leeway, and they're going to throw the flags earlier against the teams um, who are playing against them. And some of the penalties this game uh, really bailed the, the Packers out at times. And uh, honestly, Rodgers, he played great. He's Aaron Rodgers. He, he's been doing what Aaron Rodgers he did miss a few throws that he usually doesn't, and I think that's because he's been a little bit nicked up this whole year. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, he's still absurd. But in terms of what Donald and, – and listen, I don't want to sound like I'm a guy who that comes on here just I – mean, I'm going to talk great about the Jets and Donald, but uh, I think anybody who's been following either even this show from the start or my show from either Jet Nation Radio or when I do TOJ Film, I'm very honest I'm about – you know I try to be honest about everything – and Rodgers just had it easier this game. The Jets were blowing assignments left and right, which has been a huge problem this year. I know a lot of people talk about Denard Wilson, 
Like, he's some great secondary coach, but with the amount of blown coverages um, and, the, and the terrible technique that these corners are taking, I don't like Denard Wilson very, very much. I don't know why he's so hyped up, um, but the secondary has a ton of problems. They had blown assignments. Uh, Buster Screen, who didn't have a lot of penalties this year, came came and reeled, uh, reared his ugly head <laughs> and had two big penalties. Um, but there was a couple of really, really bad calls this game. Uh, let's be honest. The call against Claiborne, where he gets a really nice jam on the uh, the, the offense's left side, the defense's right side. Um, he did that one, one-arm jam, uh, jam. Devontae Adams, you know, basically forklifts the arm up. Uh, to get to get the jam off of his chest, and because of De- Devontae Adams moving his arm, it hit it slightly taps him in the face. Penalty. Uh, the penalty on Cannon on on the punt return was awful. Cannon's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. He's running probably like 23, 24 miles per hour. The punt returner dips down to catch the ball at the very last second, and Cannon hits him with his shoulder to his helmet. It wasn't even helmet to helmet. It was a shoulder to the helmet. Uh, penalty. Um, so that one was that one was really bad. Uh, the penalty on Adams against against Jimmy Graham that was some of the best coverage you could possibly have. They went to Y ISO where they had three to one. It's called the Y ISO where you have a three to one set, or, or you're really just isolating the the uh, the Y tight end on on one side of the field, and you have receivers on the other side. So they're isolating that. They wanted that fade route. Uh, Jamal Adams played it pretty well. Maybe I like to see him get a little bit more physical at the line of scrimmage. That's regardless. He was over top. He had great position. He saw the quarterback. He knew the fade was coming. Played through Jeremy Graham's hands. Never grabbed the jersey. Um, never, never, you know, uh, kind of like pushed Jimmy Graham off of his route. He played it really, really well. Uh, the ball is incomplete. Flag. Like the, the, the flags this game were really, really absurd. But that's probably four or five of the 16 penalties that were thrown. So, uh, other than that, um, like I said, the, even if you're just going to say 11 penalties, that's way too much in a game. Uh, the blown assignments is is a weekly thing where you see Jamal Adams and Tremaine Johnson yelling each other a little bit this game. There's a, the, the last play of the game uh, where Claiborne, it looked like it was cover four. Uh, Roberts, who has been awful, just absolutely awful at free safety. There's one player in the game where Rodgers didn't see. He bit down really, really hard because of a pump fake. It could have been. A touchdown, but Rodgers didn't see it. And in the last play of the game, Claiborne was expecting inside help there. Rogers, um, Roberts bit down for whatever reason, and then Claiborne's pissed at Roberts. There's a sort of miscommunication. Roberts has been bad. I would even argue that Adams blew an assignment or two this week. Tremaine Johnson and Claiborne, if you're looking for an easy first down on third down, um, all you have to do is really sell that drive phase as a receiver. They're going to open up their hips early. You can just cut back on a stop, curl, come back, and you're going to get that first down. So uh, the secondary... Really, I think it made it easy for, for Rodgers. Um, and then even with, with his legs, too. There's just times where they couldn't contain him. He was running around. Uh, they got some pressure on him at times, but it was kind of like where it was great pressure or there was no pressure. Like how many times was it seem like Rodgers was standing back in the, in, the, in the pocket for five, six seconds and not even seem like it. There, there was times where there was Jets defenders falling over each other. And then Henry Anderson was the only guy rushing against two guys, and he was standing back there for five, six seconds. So... Uh, but since we're talking about the second there, from overall it was it was it was bad game from from everybody from I think Claiborne to Tremaine Johnson, even from Adams. Uh, the last three weeks has been a little bit more quiet. This is the this is the first game where I would say he was not good. I, I think he's just more all right to, to below average this game, um, which is going to happen every once in a while. He still is a young player. Uh, Buster Screen was really bad. Roberts is is just absolutely terrible at safety. Like I said, I don't know why they're not playing a guy in Terrence Brooks, who I think is a pretty versatile guy. Um, don't give me the Rontez Miles crap because Rontez Miles can't cover um, better than a, bam, a brown paper bag, so I don't understand that. 
but it's the secondary was like I said, it, it, it was bad. Whether it be blown assignments or hey, even if you did, if even if you did play the play well or or you you did your assignment, you got a penalty. Uh, whether it be Tremaine Johnson uh, deep down the field where he clearly pushed off or didn't need to, or Buster Screen uh, a couple times late in that game. Um, so it was, it was a mixture of things, but that's one of the worst games you could, you could pretty much say where there's a reason the Packers decided to ball, throw the ball, what, like 55 times with Rodgers, so. Speaking of Rodgers throwing the ball 55 times, that's generally going to result in at least a fair amount of sacks because you drop back that many times and it's just exactly. a numbers game. So let's talk about that a little bit. Henry Anderson getting in on the action. He's had himself a pretty solid season. What did you see from him and the rest of the defense as far as going at Rodgers and trying to get to him in this game? Yeah, the, like I said, the pass rush was bad. Like, and that's a, that's a good point because I know when I talk about it, uh, whether it be film reviews or YouTube, people say, oh, well, he had four sacks. Okay, but when you have four sacks and he drops back, what? I think he, I think he threw the ball 55 times, but then he kind of scrambles too. So they probably dropped, they, let's say they dropped back to pass the ball 60 times this game, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, on a wall of averages, you're going to get you know, a couple sacks. So uh, they, they made a couple nice plays. Uh, Frankie Louvu is a guy who I really, I, I really am starting to like. I never want to be the starter, but as a backup guy, uh, you have to like his play. Younger guy, like I said, undrafted this year. Um, he, he's making some plays, so he had a sack this game. Uh, Neville Hewitt as well. We're talking about the front seven. Uh, listen, man, I, I think I think Lee. The, the first couple of years, he really didn't play well, and then this year, he was kind of he made a couple of impact plays, um, but he just wasn't standing out as much. And Jets fans view, viewed that as a positive. I think Hewitt has been just as good, if not better, than Lee. Um, he's a guy who they signed off the off the free agency, uh, who was a special teams player, I believe, with the Dolphins. Um, this game, he had a nice sack uh, where he had like almost like a jump cut, double swipe, where the the the, uh, the running back who came up to, to block him in pass reduction ducked his head, so it was a little bit easier. Um, but he had a nice um, sack there. There's another play actually where it's even better. I think it was, I think it was just a, a, a crack toss. And Hewitt recognizes it really quickly, um, takes an angle um, to the to the running back that was safe, but he knew that because of the inside help he was going to get, um, that the running back was going to continue to bounce it outside, which was going to lead to the one and only move he could do where he couldn't really jump cut him inside or he couldn't stop and spin him anything inside. He knew he was going to continue to the outside, so he, he felt that stiff arm coming, and he defeated the stiff arm perfectly where the, that, that, that arm came out. You could see Hewitt's arm. Up, um, anticipating that stiff arm, uh, hits it right at the at the break point, you know, at the elbow, um, and then makes a tackle for like a it was like a zero yard gain, one yard gain. So that was a really nice play, and he's been making some impact plays. So I have to give him some props. Uh, other than that, uh, Copeland didn't show much. Um, the other the other defensive lineman didn't really show too much. I think Leo he had that one sack, and then he had the tackle for loss or uh, stuff that was really nice. But you have to ding him. When he's throwing punches and he gets kicked out of the game, that, that's a big difference. And regardless of what you say about uh, Leo, he's better than any backup that, that, that the Jets have, whether it be either subbing in more McClendon or whoever the hell number 91 is. I don't even know at this point. Uh, I usually do know the whole roster. You sign a guy up for your practice, but I just forget names sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was a that was a thing for him. Henry Anderson has been awesome. I'm curious to see what the Jets do to him or do with him. I'm uh, hoping he's back next year. Uh, but what is he going to want? But he's, yeah, he's you're seeing that length. You're seeing the explosion. A lot of Henry Anderson's sacks are because of the effort. And, and effort goes a long way in the NFL, and that's what a lot of his sacks are coming from. 
Um, but then you also see some of the bursts and any length that he has um, in the pass rush game. Um, so that's nice to see from him, and he's been our best defensive lineman pass rusher to this point. I'm not going to say overall. I slowly think Glenn Williams is better. Um, but other than that, uh, that's really it all. That's really all I think of. Avery Wilson made a nice play or two. Uh, the one really nice playing coverage where he, he saw the in-breaking route and then and jumped in nicely and got a pass deflection. He's been iffy in coverage, good in the run game. Um, so other than that, I don't, I don't think there's anything I missed. Joe, let's jump back to the offense quickly. I wanted to ask you about Herndon and Anderson. We talked about them last week, but it just seems yeah. like they're really developing a nice chemistry with Sam Darnold. Yeah, and I'll, and it, that was the best thing about this game. Because, listen, watching guys like Claiborne and Buster Screen, even like Trimmy Johnson, like kind of, because he's going to be here for at least for the next two years. Like, seeing those guys screw up, it's kind of like, whatever, they're not going to be here. Like, even the outside linebackers pass, like, okay, hopefully that's better next year. Um, but you know guys like Robbie Anderson, obviously Darnold, Chris Herndon, are going to be long-term pieces, or at least I, I would I would hope so, of this team. You guys see what they do with Robbie Anderson's contract, et cetera, but probably second-round tender. Um, Robbie Anderson and uh, Sam Darnold's connection has been fantastic uh, to this point. It was it was very early in the game, and it was it never it was uh, it, sh- it showed it very early their connection where Rob Anderson's on the left side of the field. He's running a comeback route. The corner plays it pretty well, but he has outside leverage and he's breaking really hard towards that sideline um, because he knows that's where the comeback where the comeback's going to go. And Darnold recognized his leverage and threw the ball inside and low because the corner was playing, you know, over top and breaking towards the outside. And Robbie Anderson expected it. And it's like, wow, like that's, that's just a really, really good connection. Um, that wasn't missed throw. He threw that ball on purpose there. So Robbie Anderson has a good connection with him. Obviously, great deep threat. He's developing a little bit more underneath. Um, I'm going to go over some of his routes this, this, this week. Uh, he's good in terms of the drive phase. I wish he sold the drive phase a little bit more toward the top of his route um, because you see his shoulders come up a little bit too soon and it tips off that you're going to break back towards the ball. Um, that comes with like that comes with experience. That also comes with um, him having to slow down um, from his you know his speed because he doesn't have the strongest legs to break back towards the ball. But at, so <clears throat> the stop phase, I think he needs to improve on a little bit more leg strength. Um, but I like how he gets his hips around pretty quickly. He does that well, and it breaks back towards the ball. So that's like little tiny routes running stuff that's more of a, the film show um, that we'll get into. Um, but he's been playing well, catching balls. Um, there was one play this game, I forget. Oh, there was a play where, where um, Donald got pressure. <clears throat> sorry, he got pressure outside, like from the like five-tech area. Donald stepped up, avoided it, rolled out to the right, threw the ball to Anderson. Anderson should have caught the ball. He kind of like, like almost like alligator under wrap with one arm. Um, so there are some times where he doesn't go up for the ball as strongly as I would like to see him. I would like to see him attack at the catch point more. And like I said, I want to see him sell that drive phase and get some stronger power in his lower body. Uh, but overall, I think he's developing. And I've said it before, he doesn't need to be a great underneath route runner because people flip and open up um, or play safer on him because of his deep speed. Um, but I think he could have improved a little bit more to become, you know, really like a top tier guy because he shows flashes of it for sure. Uh, this game, nine receptions, 140 yards, one touchdown. I think over like the last three games, he has like 25, actually I have it here, 25 catches, 312 yards, three touchdowns. I think you'd see this consistently from him. He's going to have a miss or two, um, in terms of technique or, or a missed catch a game, but, uh, he's a guy you should definitely bring back to this team. Uh, I love Anunwa for everything he could do, but, uh, 
Anderson, I think, might be more important to this team at this point because, one, he's not injured all the time, and he offers a lot of things. And being able to open up a, a, a defense vertically um, helps more than a guy like Nunwa who, who opens it up underneath. Um, and then Chris Herndon is a guy who I'm not going to – I don't, like, love rankings and stuff, but to say he hasn't been, like, a top 15, top 10 guy at this point, some of the things he's doing over the last couple of games uh, I think would be foolish. He makes some great catches – um, that chemistry with Donald on that back shoulder throw, and I would, now would I like to see him catch that ball? Um, in his hands, yes, and that comes with technique. His hands are a little bit far apart, so, so the ball slipped between his two hands. Um, and he also tried to look back to where he was running before he secured the catch, so that's some things he has to work on. Um, but overall, he's getting open. He's a, he's a solid um, blocker, or he's a, I would say he's a decent blocker in the run game and pass game, so it doesn't tip off the team like, okay, Herndon's in, they're going to pass to him. He can do both, uh, runs routes pretty well. Um, makes some obviously ridiculous catches. That that one-handed catch when he knew that there was a, there was a secondary player about to hit him uh, was one of the probably what it's probably the craziest catch you saw in the NFL this week. Um, the ability to reach out like that, grab the ball, and to 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 kind of reduce his body and expect that hit, but he didn't really get he didn't really take a hit at all. Um, shows one balls and shows great hands, great eye coordination, uh, really strong fingers. So that was great to see from him. Uh, the touchdown that he had was it was just a blown coverage, to to be honest. The, I think the Jets at that point were hurrying up, and it was just a I think it was a stick concept, and he he had to flare out of that stick concept. There's a couple different uh, route combinations that could be considered stick, but there was nobody on him. Ran for the touchdown, but we're, like I said, we're seeing the pass blocking, the run blocking, the the good catches, um, the good chemistry with Donald, the good route running. Uh, he has the ability as a yak uh, guy. And I think I'm going to throw another guy in there, too, in terms of the young guys. Um, <clears throat> Elijah McGuire is, is a guy who, listen, you look at the stats and, and all this stuff, like 14 rushes for 35 yards. That doesn't look that impressive. But when you, you consider what he's, you know, the Jets offensive line and how poor they are at times, um, I think he's been pretty impressive. The pass game, he's been, pre- he's been pretty good. He's lowering his shoulder. Uh, we see him, think, he, him do things like, I believe it was, I forget exactly what play it was, but they were, he was breaking towards the left sideline. He knew the defender was, was going to try to cut off his angle to the outside because he, that's what the defender's assignment was at that time. You can't, you know, if you're a defender, you don't want anybody towards the sideline. You want them to cut back inside because you're always going to have help from the sideline. I mean, you're always going to have help from the inside, not the sideline, unless you're, you know, like Mike Tomlin against, was that Jacoby Ford or whatever his name is? Um, and he knew that was coming, that help from the inside. Uh, so the defender was taking that, that, like I said, conservative angle. So there's little things that he's been doing. Um, this is really film nerdy stuff, but he didn't take the full gate stride in his, in his run where it's harder to cut if you're running full speed and you're running like, let's say like, you know, like a cheetah or whatever. Um, when they're taking really big gates and really long strides, he reduced his stride to allow him to cut back to the inside. Um, even the defender didn't see that, but I noticed it. And then he, as he's going to cut, you could see him uh, take that stop, that stop, of, you know, stop step with that left foot, and you see him slightly turn that inside foot to allow the hips to open inside. Um, so some t- nice technique there, some nice um, anticipation on what cut he was going to make. I uh, see him drop his hips, make some nice cuts. He's seeing um, some holes and some defenses that he's taking. So I like that. Uh, there was a play or two where I criticized him a little bit. Um, that's going to happen. You're always going to see stuff on film. But I think those four guys are like the future of this offense. Now, I'm not saying Elijah McGuire is going to be the lead back on this team, so I don't think he's shown that yet. But as a number two 
Uh, guy third down back, I think he's fine, and I think that's a good piece to have for what was he a fifth or sixth round draft pick. So uh, I like what I've seen from him as well. Uh, hopefully he's the uh, he's uh, like the Robin to uh, to Le'Veon Bell as Batman next year. So um, we'll see. But those th- those four guys, it's, it's definitely encouraging at this point. Joe, you mentioned the running game and the offensive line. You talked a little bit about Elijah McGuire, so let's get into the offensive line a little bit more. You see anything encouraging here? Nope. <laughs> Move on. Um, a lot of people talk about replacing Kelvin Beecham this year. Um, I don't. I don't see that as happening. I think he's he's a guy who's okay at left tackle, and it's one of those positions that doesn't come free in free agency because it's really important. And in the draft, they usually like to start guys at right tackle that move them to left tackle. Um, we'll see what happens with that, but I think he's going to be here next year. Um, Brandon Shell was obviously not playing this game, so you had Quale, who's a guy who's not going to be here, so he was bad. You have Jonathan Harrison, who's pretty bad. Um, Spencer Long at left guard did not look good at all, so I, I really don't think that uh, you know him staying here as a left guard is it, I, I see it as a possibility. Do I see that's something I want to happen? No. Um, there was a play this this game where he just took, it, I, I forget exactly what happened. I'll, I'm going to lie to you if I said I forget exactly what happened. I know I have it queued up for the show. It's recorded tomorrow, but he had some terrible technique. Didn't even get a hand on. I believe it was a three tech. Um, and then Elijah McGuire got swallowed up in the in the backfield. So he's been bad. Um, Jonathan Harrison's not a starting center. Winters is he is what he is. Um, he's a below average right guard. He's not a guy who you want to move forward for for the next four or five years. Um, he's a player too where he looks pretty good, but then there's five or six other players in the game where he looks terrible. The pass blocking, um, is a little bit better than the run blocking. That's not saying much, but I think Donald's mobility, or not, not I think, I know Donald's mobility, um, helps them look better than they actually are for sure. Um, where if he was an immobile guy like a, like a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or, or Joe Flacco or whoever you want to, even Matt Ryan or Andy, whoever you want to say, um, it would definitely make them look worse. Um, and the run game has been abysmal. Uh, when you're looking at even just a film where they can't create any push, uh, whether it be from the edges or the interior, um, they're blowing assignments or they don't pass off stunts. They don't, they don't pass off twists. Um, they get penalties. They get false starts. They get holdings. Um, even when they're not just giving up sacks, they got penalties. Like I said, uh, it's <laughs> the offensive line is is, is pretty porous at, at, at this point. So they're gonna need to upgrade there um, massively. And like I said, you look at the stats where they have like one of the highest, or I think it's actually the highest um, stuff rate where they're getting stuffed on first or second down in the NFL, which is making Donald have the throw the highest rate of third and fourth down throws plus ten yards in the NFL. That's a 21-year-old kid with not fantastic weapons around him. So they're really setting this offense back. They're setting back the, the creativity they're able, they're able to have um, because obviously there's so many concepts. There's only so many concepts you can run on on second and ten, third and ten, fourth and ten or plus. Um, where if you're up, if you're at second, you know second and five, third and five, or you know somewhere in that area, obviously you can do a lot more things. You can take more deep shots where you know that second and shorter than than three or four in the NFL is kind of like the shot down. Okay, throw a deep shot here um, to see if you can get something. If not, you'll you'll just convert the third and four. And it's kind of nice with Donald too. Just just quickly, it's like how many, when's the last time? Whether it be like a fourth and one, or even a play where it's like third and five or shorter, we're, like, we're going to pick this up. Like it's been, it's been pretty nice, uh, but they just don't get him there enough. So um, I guess that's a very kind of jumbled thought on the offensive line. 
That is unfortunately an accurate summary, not just of this game, but I would say probably of the entire season of this Jets offensive line. Hopefully they make some improvements or figure out a way to do that. I don't know how you would because you only have so many draft picks and there's not a lot of great options in free agency, but if they can figure it out, more power to them. They're going to need to if they're going to protect Sam Darnold going forward. I would imagine that you're going to be really breaking down the offensive line in addition to Darnold, in addition to defense, in addition to Herndon, Robbie Anderson, all the key highlights that occurred on Sunday with Marcus Coleman on TOJ Film Room this week. And that show is going to drop in just a little bit. In fact, it's going to drop tomorrow. Really looking forward to watching the full video version, over two hours of film breakdown with Joe and Marcus Coleman. How often do you get the opportunity to watch something like that with somebody who played at a high level in the NFL? Pretty much never. This is it. This is your chance is TOJ Film Room. So as always, I'm looking forward to watching the show, Joe. For anybody who's unfamiliar with where to find you, how to get a hold of you, how to watch the show, so on and so forth, go ahead and give out the information. Uh, yeah, it's uh, iTunes, TOJ, Space Film, Space Room, uh, YouTube, it's the same stuff. It's search bar, turn on the Jets. Uh, you'll find us there. You type in like, YouTube.com, turn on the Jets TV, or slash turn on the Jets TV. You can find us there. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a lot of the stuff I'm talking about like uh, Elijah Maguire. It's not just all this. We talk about storylines too, but like, you want to see what I'm talking about with Elijah Maguire lessening his gait and opening up his right foot to allow his hips to open inside. Like, you want to see about that stuff? You want to see about what I'm talking about with Robbie Anderson with the drive phase, the stopping, the flipping of the hips at the top of the route, um, things like that. Uh, I, there's not any other place I know as of now who talks that stuff um, with Jets film. <clears throat> and especially with a guy who, it's not just me, it's a guy who played in the NFL for 11 years and who's a current head coach and basically the GM of a uh, arena league team, you know, in the United States uh, is, I, I think it's it's pretty good thing to watch. So, you know, if I was a fan, I would check it out if you want to learn. If you don't want to learn, you want to listen to hot takes, that's, that's fine too, but that's not my thing. Um, so find us there, like I said, uh, rate, review, re- subscribe, and all the, and all those things. And um, I've been doing this thing on Twitter too, where I'm, I've been, like I said, watching Levy on Bell Film. If you are, if you are on Twitter, um, I'm going to be holding polls, and I'll be doing film reviews like I did last year for Scott. I know you checked them out. Where I'm going to be breaking down, depending on the player, anywhere from like 25 to 70 to 80 plays. I'll put a description of each play, what happened, what went wrong, etc. And then at the end, I'll write up, I'll write up a whole write up. Will be on TOJ and on Twitter of their strengths, their weaknesses, their overview, what I think about the player, what I think about the Jets adding them, etc. And I'll be having votes about the players. Um, so if you like, Le'Veon Bell's up first, but if you want to see D Ford or, or whoever it may be, Matt Paradis, um, I'll be holding votes. You can vote on the player, then I'll talk about them. I'll also be doing guys like Nick Bosa, um, Josh Allen, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Murphy, all these guys coming up in the draft the Jets might draft. So it's going to be fun to, to break those players down, really get to know them. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, appreciate everybody for following. We've got one game left, and then we're going into the offseason. That feels like 3,000 years. And then come June and August and all these summer months, we're talking about practice like it actually matters. It uh, gets a little bit frustrating, but I'm going to have as much film film as you can. And uh, shout out to, to Andre Roberts as well. I didn't want to not mention his name. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, you having me, Scott. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to the Le'Veon Bell show. I'm hoping that I can twist your arm into doing 
multiple shows because I think that a lot of people don't realize just how great Bell is in the passing game and as a blocker. So I thought it might be interesting if you did a couple of shows on that. So I'm going to keep trying to work to convince you of that, Joe. But in the meantime, make sure you watch Joe and Marcus over at TOJ Film Room, and you can do that at Turn On The Jets TV or over on iTunes if you want to listen to the full audio. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, for all the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn On The Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.